0: So I'll kick off, uh, Gavin Lennox here. Uh, I'm here with uh, Campbell Matson. Thank you for taking the time, Campbell, on part of the road trip to to meet with me. That's
1: great, Gavin. Thanks. Thanks for coming. I think you um,
0: speaking to Maurice here. I think you did uh, OMP in two thousand fourteen. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Good. Nice. So what I'd really love to hear about is your business. Tell tell us
1: what what you do. So. Um, my my day-to-day uh, work life is split um, between eleven different companies, um, five of which are trading businesses, and the other are investment vehicles or development companies. So a little less time spent in those, but the other the other trading um, businesses all require my time and input on a weekly basis. Um, the primary business I work in as an employee is is our design-build housing company, Location Homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my job in that business is um, head of sales and managing director of the business. So, uh, location homes um, takes up most of my time and waking hours, and some of the hours are meant to be asleep. Um, and the other businesses I am uh, involved in have managers which I work with to support in those in those businesses. Are they all in the same kind of thing? Construction? Yeah, they are. So, just prior to starting an ice house, um, I. I set a goal to develop a vertically integrated model um, in the construction industry. Um, so the idea was to start with land supply, <clears throat> so complete our own greenfield developments, um, and obviously build build our own product, um, and also supply our own materials. And that is where we're at now. So today, um, as I said, we've got five or six investment vehicles which we use for funding and carrying out the development. And we have two building companies which I'm involved in. One is called Location Homes and the other is Milestone Homes and they serve two different levels of the market. Mm -hmm. So Location Homes is a design build housing company, so slightly more higher end bespoke homes. Milestone Homes is a standard plan um, range company, so a little bit more affordable, a little bit more straightforward, um, different model altogether. Mm -hmm. And they they, they meet the two key parts of, of the market. And then our building supplies company, Waitara Building Supplies is a part of the ITM group. Um, and so through that company, we supply the bulk of our um, general, general materials for construction.
0: Right, and then you also have uh, construction firms that actually do the work. So, you, and, and what about design? You get involved with the design side?
1: Yeah, so Location Homes has its own design team. So client walks through the door. From that point forward, um, we take care of everything from the conceptual development through building consent and of course construction and and we also work with uh, selected outside architects as well when we need to. So when did you start, I mean 11 businesses is a lot, did Mm
0: -hmm. did you have in your mind you'd have that sort of proliferation of businesses or have they
1: evolved over time? No, no I never set a number of businesses, Um, probably a little bit uh, of a a collector uh, in terms of of businesses and there was no strategy to have so many enterprises but Um, I suppose when you are working to build a vertically integrated model, there is by nature going to be multiple businesses. Mm. Um, I suppose why we've ended up where we have is because as as an opportunity comes along we set up a a business to deal with it Um, Mm. and going back to the start I I always knew there'd be three or four companies to do the job Um, but I never planned to have as many as we've got.
0: Right. And what's the advantage of having multiple separate businesses rather than one vertically integrated business that kind of does it all?
1: Well it's a question I've been trying to answer for myself because obviously having multiple businesses has complexity but it also allows you to have diversity of brand, Um, it it apportions risk out too, Mm -hmm. Um, so you can segregate the risk um, across different models, it allows us to have different um, partners Mm -hmm. also. Um, but ultimately it brings diversity and the ability to act in different ways where we need to within that chain. Hmm. Mm. And when did you start? 2006 was. Okay. I, I left my um, role managing a building company in 2005. Um, prior to that, I studied at Mass University, got into construction on accident, um, managed a building company for a while, realized I liked it bought into a timber and hardware business, simultaneously started our first construction company in 2006. Uh, So that was the start of all this.
0: Well, give us a sense of the scale of the businesses. You've talked about the number of businesses. I mean, Mm -hmm. how, maybe, I don't know what metric you use, whether it be revenue or number of employees or or number of homes built or (laughs) what do you kind of...
1: Well, we use all of those metrics within each business to determine, you know, forecasts and, and what success looks like um but, in terms of number of employees, so directly all those businesses right now would employ um around about forty um forty to forty five people and then on top of that another twenty five contractors mm-hmm. um roundabout yeah you know, that, that number that number um and and collectively the revenue of of the businesses um excluding the development um companies um would be in the vicinity of um, 20 to 25 million. Right, mm. that's great.
0: Mm. And that um, that kind of is the, um, I wouldn't say the sweet spot, but where many of the owner-manager programs on their journey are after after doing the owner-manager program. Mm. So you, you started the owner-manager program some eight years after you initiated on this journey. Uh, how did you first hear about, about the program, if know, you can remember? I was wondering, I, I,
1: I, I think I initially heard about it through some some marketing Mm -hmm. um, and I looked into it and felt that the timing wasn't right and it wasn't for me at the time Uh, and then along the the way I met, uh, actually well it it was a relative of mine um, who was going through the OMP, Um, he was nearing the end I think and I mentioned it to him and he endorsed it strongly Um, and so that's when and it was also a good time for me as our businesses were ramping up. Mm-hmm. So it was a case of good timing and just getting a bit of endorsement from someone who's going through it. Yeah,
0: refer- referrals are so important. Um, and I've found <coughs> um, that many business owners, small business owners, you know, getting that time away three days a month mm-hmm. for five months on the owner-manager program sounds very daunting. Um, but consistently I've heard as I've gone on this road trip is they'd wish they'd done it earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that represents your experience. I mean, it sounds like you Get some great
1: traction before you got there, but
0: what was your experience on the course? What did you
1: get out of it? I think the question about doing it earlier for me was probably, um, I think I did it at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think to the OMP for me, the greatest value was I, I had I had enough problems that needed to be fixed to make it worthwhile, if that <laughs> makes sense. So I'd grown into the business enough. I knew the business pretty well. I knew I had issues to fix and I, I needed A a clearer strategic view. Um, I think until you're at that point, OMP might be almost a little bit early. Right. So that was my experience anyway. So I think I I, I went in at the right time. Um, In terms of what I got out of OMP, I think the key the the key things and you touched on. So being out of the business was fundamental. Um, It allows you that space and time to to breathe, to think, and to and to get away from things that distract you from good decision-making. Um, meeting like-minded people from different backgrounds was also key. It helped mm-hmm. me think about things differently, get new perspective. Always positive perspective too. Um, and of course the people that you uh, are sitting and listening to in, in, some of the, um, in some of the sessions, they just come from such an uh, intelligent and ex- deep experience background that you are learning things that you'll never be exposed to in a normal day-to-day situation mm. from people who know what they're talking about. Mm, mm. That's really, have you kept in touch with your cohort? Have, I yeah. have. Um, naturally, you, you sort of, t- you, you get in touch with people, certain people more than others, but there's, there's a core of five or six people that I'm in contact with several times a year. Um, we've met since then um, on three or four occasions for weekends away or, or, mm. or dinners or whatever, and. It's great and uh, sharing those experiences and reflecting back and, and having that common bond going forward. We're now sharing an experiences that that are happening in the world around us mm. and, and bouncing you know, uh, our ideas around and, and, and views on things.
0: How was COVID for you? Um, <clears throat> was it a positive thing? Was it a, a negative thing? Um, and, and where do you see, you know, it's not over yet, I mean, mm. how do you see the, the next year or so?
1: <clears throat> yeah, a lot in there. Um, Covid for me was was a an opportunity to reflect and to redirect basically. Um, obviously, dealing with multiple businesses, I went from doing nine-hour days to 16-hour days. Um, so we were <laughs> within a week we were building contingency plans, budgets, um, putting finance in place if we need, in case we needed it for all the businesses. Um, I was directly involved with every single staff member. Within the different businesses, so um, sometimes daily, but at least weekly, direct communication. So very busy communicating, um, allaying fears, mm. communicating what my plan was for the business, and then within two weeks of lockdown, we were we were looking towards how do we restart the business as quick as possible, how do we get the taps turned back on. Mm. Um, also worked at the national level with uh, master builders and um, from a sort of back to work kind of strategy. So there was. Being engaged in that helped me to see further ahead than perhaps others might have. But I, I really um, began to see during the middle of, of lockdown that what we were going to come back to potentially was not doom and gloom but the opposite uh, and that and that came off the back of the level of inquiry we were getting for, for new homes. Mm. I also looked at the fundamental drivers, We were interest rates were going down, we had a net shortage of housing still and we, and we had a, an over, an over de, a demand was was high. So I I began to see the economists were predicting one thing and I couldn't agree with them. I just could not see how what this saying was going to come to fruition. So I started to communicate within our own network that I believe we're going to be busy. Mm. Um, I was right and I was wrong. Um, I thought we would be coming back to a 20% increase in, 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 in workload. We have the opportunity if we can get our supplies right, um, including the human element, mm. to be 50% larger mm. um, in revenue. By March next year than we were um, in March 2020. Wow,
0: yeah. that's really impressive. Um, one of the one of the well, the two things I'm hearing around New Zealand as I travel and talk to small medium business owners is common thread is people getting enough uh, talent in the business, and the second is supply chain mm-hmm. um, issues, logistics, um, getting materials. And now, obviously, the construction industry you hear a lot about. Access to materials is being a challenge. I mean, are those two issues
1: ones that you face? Yeah, I think they're universal. I think they go across almost every industry as well. Mm. So, the biggest constraint to growth is not opportunity, it is readals. Mm. Um, that, that's just a fact. And um, to give you some idea um, with, with, with our supply chain at the moment, we've got situations where uh, we w- would have material suppliers traditionally supplying us X stock for say cladding material, mm-hmm. we have scenarios now where those same suppliers have a 22 to 25 week lead time or are not taking orders anymore. Mm. So you, you fundamentally cannot build a house without that supply chain working. Mm. Um, so we have a situation of trying to diversify into other product lines, which of course puts pressure on those with everyone's doing the same. So we're in a really, almost a dichotomy of opportunity exists but the ability to convert it is getting harder Mm. and then the people element um, over the years in fact prior to doing OMP I had grown our business substantially uh, with the wrong people and I paid for that dearly we're determined now in all our businesses to grow well not grow fast so we're constraining ourselves by just recruiting people that we know will will bring benefits to the business not just bums on seats, so those are the, the constraints that we face and I suppose you could say we're not able to maximise opportunity in front of us. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that's uh, scaling, especially in a business like yours where it's not capital constrained it, it is true resources, physical Correct. products, it's Correct. a real challenge. If I could just ask you, because people that listen to this these podcasts typically would be owner managers like you or people considering. If you were to offer, in your experience, what would the one piece of advice be generally, and that doesn't have to be about the ice house, but generally, as a small business owner, what what would you say? It's hard to distill that stuff down sometimes. Yeah, it is. (laughs)
1: Um, Do good planning. So do your due diligence. Uh, Make a decision and go for it. And and I think if I could summarize that into, into one little line would be, progress over perfection Mm. Um, plan well but but get on with it Mm. yeah
0: yeah sometimes um, making a decision is is the best decision you know um, just just getting on yeah Yeah. good well Campbell thank you very much for your time and I look forward to seeing your offices here have just arrived in New Plymouth um thanks again no worries cheers